I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, I'm Julie Gould, and this is Working Scientist, a Nature Careers podcast. Welcome to our new series, All About Mentoring. I started this journey with a pretty simple definition of what a mentor is. Someone who you turn to for advice in an area that they are more experienced in than you. And that someone shares their experiences and insights with you, and you take from that what you will. But it turns out that for some, mentors are so much more. And that is what we'll find out in this seven-part series all about mentoring. Across the series, we'll also explore how mentoring differs across the world. And we'll learn about other similar roles that can happen alongside mentoring, such as coaching and supervising. Then there are also the different types of mentoring, peer-to-peer mentoring, employer mentoring, reverse mentoring, as well as how mentoring relationships change throughout your career, the challenges of those mentoring relationships, and the difference between academic and industry-based mentoring relationships. But in this first episode, I'm going to look at what it means to be recognised as a mentor. Scientists spend many hours doing science but many, many hours are spent on something else. Something rewarding, fulfilling, and ultimately for some, a lot more important. This something is called mentoring. And unfortunately, given the amount of time people spend on this, it is not as widely recognised as the scientific work. It's almost as if we talk about mentorship in the abstract, that of course we expect academics, lab heads, PIs, lecturers to be mentors, but in this abstract sense. But we don't necessarily talk to individuals about it, support mentors in that way when they face their own challenges. We all know that mentorship is important, and yet we don't seem to value it appropriately and indeed recognise individuals who devote time and energy and passion to, to mentoring. That was Magdalena Skipper, Editor-in-Chief at Nature. Now, part of her role is to run and manage the Nature Awards for Mentoring in Science. It was set up by her predecessor, Sir Philip Campbell, and the awards aim to recognise the huge efforts that academics put into supporting and training the researchers they work with. 
Over the years, the award has been split into two categories, one for mid-career mentoring achievement and one for lifetime achievement. The fundamentals are the same. It's the same principle. The application process is the same. The judging process essentially unfolds in the same way. But the reason why we've introduced these two categories is simply because it's very difficult to compare those who maybe have just 10 or 15 years of experience in terms of mentoring maybe their lab members or or students or even colleagues with those who spent a lifetime doing so and perhaps now are nearing retirement and perhaps still maintain some mentoring relationships professionally. Every year the awards are focused on a different country and in 2020 the focus was on mentors in Israel. Neta Erez from Tel Aviv University studies tumour biology in her lab and she was a joint awardee for the Mid-Career Mentoring Prize. And I asked her to tell me what it felt like to have her mentoring role formally recognised. It was an award that I was recommended for by my former and current uh, students and postdocs. So people that I was the mentor of um, submitted my candidacy for this award. So really, you know, I got all kinds of things in the past, but I was never so moved like I was with this award. So it's really amazing to be rewarded for something that you really put your heart in. We're kind of expected to pick them up as we go along. And when I became a PI, Um, I realized that. I was grateful for the mentors that did help me um, get to, you know, having my own lab. What I tell my students when they come to do a PhD in my lab is that they start as my students, but I want them to graduate as my peers. Because I want to be able to mentor them and provide them with these tools that can make them more successful. And it's, it's more than just how to plan an experiment, how to phrase a hypothesis. These are all obvious things that you need to learn to be a scientist. But there's so much more than that, um, that a good mentor should be able to give the people that they are mentoring. Joint mid-career mentoring awardee and also from Tel Aviv University, Tal Pupko believes that when you take on the role of being a group leader or supervisor or PI or any position where you have researchers working in your group, your focus should be on developing the people. So I think that mentoring is your will to provide means for your research students to grow up both in science and at the personal level, so that they they become better persons, better scientists, better everything. So you don't care so much about the science because it's science, you care about them. You want them to become better scientists. You want them to become to become better person, uh, think more critically about things, improve their uh, computational skills, their writing skills, all their skills, the set of skills and to enjoy it along the way. It's also super important that you you want to see the spark in their eyes when they do science and when they talk about science and to understand how science is done. But mentoring, as we've heard, is often learned on the job. And this learning continues throughout your career. You can always improve. I'm sure that 
my mentoring can also be improved and uh, if you care about it it will it will come naturally and usually we all sit in uh, departments and faculty and there are there are people that we know that are good mentors so we can always ask their advice and get feedback and uh, we can all improve we just need to care i think that the, the critical aspect is to care Hannah Margalit is a bioinformatician and computational biologist at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, and she is someone who really does care about the people that she works with. She was awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award for mentoring in 2020, and when I asked her about why she mentors, she said she'd never really thought about it. It's so much built in in me that I that I think this is one of the main uh, tasks of a PI. In the university, we are doing the research together with the students, and they, we have a common aim, and one is more experienced than the other, so I make sure that they will get all the qualifications that they need in order to become an independent researcher. Hannah has been a mentor to many researchers over the years, some who recommended her for this particular award. But Hannah has also been mentored, even later in her scientific career, by those who are younger than her. This concept, being mentored by someone who is more junior and typically younger, is often known as reverse mentoring. And Hannah thinks it's great. I think it doesn't go by degree or by hierarchy, because we are talking here about expertise. So if there is somebody that is less you know, advanced in his career, but he's more experienced in one discipline that is needed to achieve, you know, the mission. So why not? Yeah, I'm very open to it. The mentoring awards have been awarded to researchers around the world. So I wondered whether Magdalena Skipper might have noticed any differences in how people mentor in different countries. It is at once different and the same. So mentorship is universal as a concept. There are these fundamental values and principles that guide this mentor-mentee relationship, which remain constant. You know, after all, we as individuals need support and guidance in a very similar way, regardless of where we are. It's actually more the, the circumstances under which we need that guidance and support. But there are some differences, and um, there may be differences in mentorship style, which are defined by, let's say, you know, how formal or informal relationships can be between um, the more senior mentors and more junior mentees. But the fundamental basis remains universal around the globe, which perhaps is not surprising. And it's also quite encouraging that, you know, we all have very similar needs and we can exchange mentorship values and, and tips um, right across the globe, across cultures, across social situations. And it's this that we'll explore in the next part of this Working Scientist podcast series all about mentoring. I'll be speaking to researchers in India, Japan, Singapore, Norway and other places to find out if social and cultural norms determine mentoring relationships and how they are formed. Thanks for listening. I'm Julie Gould. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.